what a beautiful morning in the presence of the Lord. We get to spend time together worshiping. We get to get into His Word and find out what's Holy Spirit speaking to us today. So, Father God, as we go into Your Word this morning, I ask that You would remind me of the things that You have dropped into my spirit. Remove from my mind the things that are not necessary today, Father. That the Word that is brought forth would bring life, would bring healing, would bring correction, would bring instruction and righteousness, that we would be complete and mature, not lacking anything. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 to 12. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. A few weeks ago, this thought crossed my mind. How many times have we prayed for more of God in our lives? Who's done that? Not just me. Right, good. Pastor brought it to my attention once, actually to all of us, we've probably heard it. You can't get more of God because... If we are in Christ and God's fullness is in Christ, then we already have received the fullness of God. Amen? When we are born again, His Spirit takes up residence in our heart. And in Christ, the fullness of God lives in us. Now, <coughs> excuse me. Now when Holy Spirit moves in, he fills us, and He cleans us up one day at a time. That's why when you pray for more of God, one of the first things you'll notice is discomfort, conviction, a call to change. Sin cannot stay in the presence of God. And as imperfect human beings who were born into the sinful nature, we got some junk stored up from the years before we served Christ. Amen? Now, we don't have to be perfect before Holy Spirit moves in. Don't get me wrong. We accept what Christ has done for us. We receive the Holy Spirit, and we allow Him to work in our lives. We need to be humble repentant, willing, and obedient. Those are the prerequisites for God to move in our lives. He will impress on us by the Spirit. He will convict us and draw us 
But we need to be obedient to that call. If we are not obedient to that call, then his hands are tied. God's a gentleman. He's not going to force his life on us. If we don't want it, that's on us. Right? So if Holy Spirit is in us, if God's fullness is in Christ and we are in Christ, then why sometimes does it seem like God is so far away? I'm not the only one who's experienced this, right? Good. Well, the answer is simple. We can't see him in our lives because we have eye trouble. Not E-Y-E trouble. M-E trouble. Eye trouble. I get in the way and I limit God. I limit his influence. I limit his power. I limit his spirit and I limit his authority in my life. As long as I am the priority in my life, I will not have room for God to be seen in me. Right? We get this mirror in front of us. And all we see is me, what I need. And when all you see is yourself in this mirror, you don't see anything else. You don't see God moving. When you hear him speak and you take that mirror away and you look out and you follow his prompting and you follow what the Spirit is leading you to do, all of a sudden, hey, God is moving in my life. Wow, that's cool. When God says, hey, you know what? That person over there needs prayer. What person? I don't see anybody. I'm okay. I don't need prayer. And we kind of build a wall. That mirror tends to get bigger and bigger, right? But when you obey, when you heed the Spirit, all of a sudden, the desire to reach out beyond ourselves also increases. Right? So let's not limit God. We have eye trouble. We believe well enough. We acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. But too often his lordship applies only to our eternal salvation and doesn't affect our daily lives. It doesn't affect how I live. It doesn't affect my relationships with my spouse and my children. It doesn't affect my work ethic on the job. It doesn't affect my thought life, how I shape and express my opinions. I know what I believe. Don't bother me with what the Word of God says is sometimes where we end up. Amen? What that is, is a condition called pride, arrogance, and rebellion. And if you read through the scriptures, all three of those come in a category that's not very well spoken of by our Father. 
pride comes before a fall. Rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft, which is the worship of everything but God. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners. Purify your hearts, double-minded ones. First of all, what is grace? A while ago, there was this teaching going through the church that grace was this permission to do as I please because we're under grace. No, that's mercy. Right? Mercy says I'm not going to get punished for my wrongdoing. Grace is the power of God working in us and for us. It is his favor on our lives that helps us to overcome temptation. It helps us to live that victorious life. It is his power in us working to mature us and complete us and perfect us. It doesn't mean that we're off the hook. Right? The old covenant, the law says, do not do this, do not do that, do not do this. Grace says, don't even think about that. So if you want to get into what we're allowed to do and what we can do, grace is a lot stricter. Because now it's actually Holy Spirit, power of God working in us. Sometimes we get stuck with a give-me mentality. What can I get from God? Especially in our society, our Western culture, where we have so much affluence. God bless me because I need a new car. God bless me, I need a new house. Except really what we should be saying is, God, I want. God, I want. I'll go to church. Yeah, I'll go to church. It's good for business if people see me in church. There's lots of people in church. And if I'm there, then it gives me a good reputation, right? I'll say my prayers, and God will grant me what I want. Have you seen that mentality? Have you seen it in the mirror at all? It doesn't work that way, though. God is not a genie in a bottle waiting to come to our beck and call and fulfill all our wants. He gave his life to buy us. He purchased us out of bondage of sin and hell. He traded his life for our death so that we might truly come alive in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith 
in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This life that we live, we got it easy here in North America. We got it real easy. And I think that's our downfall too many times. We're we're often trading affections and allegiances between our father and our wallet. Can I get an amen? But this life that we live is not our life. It's Christ. But we have that eye trouble. Sometimes the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. That's Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23. Before we can exemplify these traits, we need to clean up the old ones, right? The Holy Spirit comes, He cleans us so that we can show the love of God. We can show the peace of God. We can show that self-control. And then, according to 1 Peter 5, verse 6, says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Romans says, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Again, it's not about me. It's about Christ. When he says, Go, don't say, well, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough to talk to so-and-so because they're at a higher station in life. And we have that. We have that mentality. You know, somebody that seems to be doing well, we're intimidated by them. When really, we have what they want. They may look good on the outside, but we have what they want on the inside. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Philippians chapter 2. In humility, consider others above yourselves. Do not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Our attitude should be that of willingly laying down our own desires to reach others. We must decrease so that Christ can increase. Do we want more of God in our lives? Do we want more power? Do we want more favor? That's the wrong motivation, but it comes down to the same thing. 
I need to step back. I need to be less in my life. And Christ needs to be exalted in my life. I must decrease so he can increase. And we will find that as we humble ourselves, as we submit to the move of the Spirit in our life, doors will open up for us that we never expected. Not just doors of opportunity, but in our families, in our workplace, in every area that pertains to us. When we put God first, then He perfects what pertains to us. Sometimes, not sometimes, there are some of us who need to go through that baptism, that circumcision, the cutting away of the flesh. We need to bury that old guy that seems to be dragging around. Some of us that have been baptized, we need to get out of the graveyard. Stop hanging around where the death is. Take that step and leave it behind. Move forward. Move forward. Who's willing, who's brave enough, who's humble enough to recognize that we need more of God in our lives? Right? Who's brave enough, humble enough, and willing enough to set ourselves back in priority and put Jesus first? The result the result the glorious result is an increased awareness of his presence. A deeper, more meaningful relationship with him. And that overflowing joy that comes from the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Let's lay aside the I-itis. Let's go to the great physician and say, Father, I need my eye trouble to be healed. And let's decrease our own importance so that Christ can be increased in us. Amen? Amen. Father God, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that you are not finished with us. You do not leave us in the rotten place you found us, but you are perfecting us and you are creating us in the glorious image of Christ. Thank you for your presence. We thank you for your favor in our lives. And we just pray, Father, that you would be exalted above all things and that your glory would be revealed through us. And we give you all the praise, Father, in Jesus' name.
Amen.